Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from Pitchos.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is August 22nd, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Do you have PL Plus? No, get out of here. This is just for PL Plus members. Thank you all so much for supporting what we do. Happy Monday. I hope everyone had a wonderful weekend. Eduardo Rodriguez certainly did as he went five innings, zero and runs, four, it's three walks, and five Ks in his return after three months uh, against the Angels here. Just four whiffs, though, and what we liked about Eduardo Rodriguez coming into the season were a couple of things. One, he got really unlucky with the Red Sox, and the Detroit Tigers should be a better team for him, is what we thought. Um, and two, he had this really nice four-seamer, maybe if he got that changeup back. So, four-seamer wasn't that good. Changeup was not a, a swing strike rate pitch. Obviously, only got four total here, and the cutter and slider were okay-ish. I mean, it's not the Eduardo Rodriguez we want to see. Just 91 on the four-seamer is not it. I'm not quite there yet on Eduardo Rodriguez. He gets the Rangers next. I don't really think that's something I need to go and chase, but I don't mind picking him up and saying, look, like it was just the first start back and he was a little bit weird and he should be better from here. That's very possible. We see that all the time. So hopefully uh, that is what is or in the cards is in the cards is in the cards for Eduardo Rodriguez. Koei Arihara also did really well speaking of the Rangers against the Twins here. Got the win. Six innings, zero runs, four zero walks and three Ks. And this is wild to me. Um, he threw his sinker more than anything else, and it had a 45% strike rate. 10 for 22. Uh, uh, unbelievable. Um, this was just his cutter and his changeups, running balls in play, and it going his way against the Twins. He gets the Tigers next, though, and he can pretty much start anyone that goes at least five innings against the Tigers. I mean, he's only at 71 pitches in this one because all those bad balls were turned out, and that's the easiest way to be efficient. Oh, I don't really want to do it. Justin Steele went six innings, Aaron runs two, it's one walk and nine strikeouts against the Brewers as the four-seamer got the whiffs here. Not as much of the slider, but the slider just earned hard, earned soft contact, little hard contact. And he's gone against the Giants, the Marlins, the Nationals twice, and here the Brewers in those last five starts. I understand that he's allowed just two runs in those games. But then he gets the Brewers next time, too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. He's going to go up on the list, and we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. Ryan Yarbrough just went 4.1 innings, but 0 runs 3. It's 1 walk 5 case. How am I supposed to get a win from this? You know? I need you. I might, I mean, I might add that to the whole butter my bread, but we got to get a win. If you go 5 innings, you need an opener, buddy. I'm pretty unfortunate to see that, but hey, only 21% singers are cool. I would consider him only against the Red Sox if he has an opener. And even then, it's just for the win. Shamanaya did well against Natty, like finally taking advantage of this good uh, schedule that he has. Seven innings, one and run, five at zero walks, four Ks. I don't really like his stuff, though. At least it's not 89, it's 91. But the changeup was, ugh, and so was the slider. And I don't really think that Manaya is very good. Um, he does get a good schedule, though, so fine. But it's not like someone I need to hold on to in all my leagues because of it. He can easily just still go like six innings, three and runs in those games. Nestor Cortez went against the Jays. Six innings, one run, three hits, one walk, five Ks. Twelve whiffs in this one. 
Nice to see this against the Jays. I'm glad that he was able to um, grind out these six innings, considering he didn't have his best stuff. I hope he has one of those amazing ones moving forward. But yeah, we're, we're cool with Nestor Cortez. We're cool with Alec Manoa as well, especially now that he has slider whiffs again for 40% CSW as well on that slider. Six innings, one run, four, it's two walks and eight Ks against the Yankees. Everything's cool there. Dean Kramer against the Red Sox. 5.1 innings, one run, five hits, two walks and four Ks. We got some data on this one that was a little bit messed up for Nick Pavetta, but it was good for Dean Kramer. His fastball velocity was up a tick, so he's getting closer to 95. He does get the Astros next, so I don't think you need to go and pick that up here. J.P. Sears has done well for the Athletics in the first three starts, going about five innings. Um, in each of them, this was five and uh, one and run six. That's one walk, three Ks. But, like, you know this isn't going to work out, right? Just three strikeouts, a bad whip. I ugh, This isn't it. Don't go for J.P. Sears. I don't really think he's doing much of anything that's special. Uh, Jose Arquiti against Atlanta. Seven innings, two earned runs, five hits, two walks, six Ks. This is the guy we were hoping for because he's throwing the kitchen sink, the three secondary pitches, the change up the side on the curveball, all working well. Fastball is about 45% usage. It's looking good. He actually had a really nice command of this up in glove side in this one. Yeah, this is cool. I'm, I'm down with this. Uh, yeah, Joe Ryan against the Rangers. Uh, 6.1 innings, two earned runs, two hits, three walks, and six Ks. It had a bit of a careful Icarus as I forgot the comma inside of it. I apologize. How could I ever do that if you're reading the roundup? Uh, as he allowed another earned run in the seventh inning. But he did really well with the pitch separation. This four seamers were up and all the secondaries, even though they are pretty mediocre, uh, were down. And that's very good to see. I just hope that one of those becomes an actual legitimate pitch. As opposed to the, the, the slider that missed out of the zone too much often. Or the change just fell to the bottom of the zone. Oh, we're close. Not quite there yet. Uh, and Ryan Papillo against the Marlins. Marlins are just really that bad, guys. Six innings, two and runs, four hits, two walks, seven Ks. He had 11 whiffs on his four-seamer. I think this is just the Marlins. This is not the RPG <laughs> that you want to play. Uh, Ryan Papillo game. That's what that stands for. Okay. Charlie Morton uh, is really hinting and knocking the door of the Aces again. Aces label did really well against the Mets last week. Earned double-digit strikeouts. And what do you know? Against the Astros, six innings, two and runs, five hits, two walks, and 11 Ks. Getting a gallows pole, 18 whiffs, 34% CSW. That's wonderful to see. Uh, he could be getting the aces gonna ace label, but then again, we also have seen these moments of a couple weeks and then Morton blows up again. So hopefully he's alright and he gets it before, uh, before the season ends. Nick Pavetta against the Orioles, 5.2 innings, 200 runs, 6 hits, 1 walk, 9k. It's kind of weird about the data on this one because StatCast called the slider everything from four seamers at 95 to Curveball's at 76, so can't quite tell you all the nice things that I normally do about it. Still, I watched this. He had 17 whiffs overall, and he just threw a lot of pitches in the zone. Uh, it, it seemed to me as if his slider wasn't actually that good. Uh, the four-seamer was going upstairs a good amount, though. He was able to get curveballs over. I think this is fine. He gets the, the raise next. That's okay. I don't really think it's the Nick Pavetta that we had the nice stretch in like June, though. So be careful here. We have Brandon Woodruff, Ace is going to ace against the Cubs. Everything's kind of normal there. Uh, it has changeup working more than heaters. That was cool. Uh, Patrick Corbin, 5.1 innings, two runs, nine hits, two walks. But man, I mean, I think it's more of an indication of the Padres than it is Patrick Corbin. Uh, Kyle Gibson, 4.1 innings, two runs, eight hits, three walks, three Ks. Oof, against the Mets. Um, 105 pitches needed for this. Only two have 20 whiffs on the slider. It's against the Mets, though, and Kyle Gibson is kind of a Toby, so. You know, if you sat him for this, that makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, you don't really want to go against the toughest offenses with Kyle Gibson. 
Zach Greinke was removed after the fourth uh, with wrist discomfort. He could have gotten six innings in this one, gotten you a poor quality start. Against the Rays, he didn't do it. I don't really think you need to hold on to it. Jose Quintana had a disappointing outing, 2.2 innings, 200 runs, 7 minutes, 3 walks, 0 Ks. His command just wasn't there. I mean, he's, he got some fastballs in the zone, some curveballs that were down. It wasn't so bad in that regard, but the, the changeup was terrible, the sinker was terrible, and the four-seamer wasn't elevated. It wasn't the amazing uh, strike zone plots that I've been seeing all year that got me into Quintana. And the fact is, is he isn't good enough to survive unless he's actually being pristine with his pitches. So hopefully he can get it back. But now he's a lefty against Atlanta, and I kind of don't want to start him for that. I want to see it okay because, yeah, this is a terrible floor that you don't want to put yourself in uh, the way of. Uh, Jacob Junis went against Coors and survived. 6.2 innings, 300 runs, 5 at 0 walk, 6 Ks, 41% seats. That'd be really wild to see. Uh, the slider still performed really well. It's an elite slider, 48% CSW, but still to see it perform this well inside of cores is a rarity. Now I guess the Twins, though. I'm still not going to. I'm like, good, good job, thumbs up, not doing it. Merrill Kelly hasn't been as pristine lately. Went against the Cardinals. He still got a very, very poor quality start. Six innings, three and runs, seven to three walks. That's ten base runners. You add a V for every extra base runner. Uh, in six Ks here. Yeah, nothing special. You just keep starting him, I guess. Uh, he... He really is like, I mean, he was a Vargas rule, but he's just one of those guys who's just on your team and you just accept it through the entire year. Zach Thompson against the Reds, even on the road. Nope, does not matter. Um, same thing on the other side of that, the Mike Miner against the Pirates, and he was terrible. Like, you just don't start these guys. Shoei Otani had a stomach bug and it messed them up against the Tigers. And it's so frustrating because, I mean, first of all, Shoei Otani never wanted to do poorly at all. But also against the Tigers, this was supposed to be like the 8 innings, 12 Ks game. And it was terrible. 4 innings, 300 runs, 5 hits, 4 walks, and 2 Ks. The man had a stomach bug. All right. Luis Castillo against the Athletics had a one-night bland. Don't think anything against this 5 innings, 400 runs, 8 hits, 1 walk, 5 Ks. Cal Freeland inside of Coors. Yeah, don't do that. I mean, I'm, I'm doing the, the Rockies blurb from ages ago. And I'm going to keep doing that. Um, Jose Budo uh, against the Phillies. They needed someone because Taiwan Walker wasn't going to start. And they used Trevor Williams and David Pearson the day before for the doubleheader. 13 whiffs isn't the worst thing ever. He has 95 on the fastball and a decent breaker. But yeah, we're not doing this. Uh, and then there's Sandy Alcantara. The Dodgers have his number. 3.2 innings, 600 runs, 10 hits, 1 walk, and 5 Ks. And the worst news here is that he gets them again. That's so stupid. Uh, the Twitch chat was saying that Sandy Alcantara would lose his Cy Young to Tony Gonson because of these starts against the Dodgers, and that's just not fair. Um, I hope he does. I mean, I'm going to start him for the next one. Uh, but yeah, it's just really, really annoying. Um, all right, looking forward to today and tomorrow because it is Monday, and I want to make sure you guys are prepared for those games. Max Scherzer, Julio Urias, Jerome Montgomery, Eric Cabrera are in that top tier. Jeffrey Springs, Michael Kopech, Sonny Gray, Noah Syndergaard are in the probable start tier, I feel... Springs against the Angels, sure. Kopech against the Angels, uh, against the Ray- Royals, I should say, sorry. Sonny Gray against the Rangers, and Noah Syndergaard against the Reds. These are matchups that you should be starting these guys. And the questionable start here, you have Jacob DeRizzi as our stream pick of the day because it's against the Pirates. Drew Smiley was also a temptation of this, but the Cardinals have been really good. Uh, and uh, I like the curveball and the, the sinker separation as well, but... Yeah, it's still more contentious than Odorizzi against the Pirates. And then Ramonza Contreras against the uh, against Atlanta as a right-hander. 
very volatile here, but there is a ceiling that you might want to chase. I don't want to do it in most cases. In the do not start tier, Eric Lauer against the Dodgers. I just don't trust that. Uh, Domingo Herman against the Mets, Daniel Lynch. Uh, Adam Aller against the Marlins is actually a little more interesting because the Marlins are just that bad. Uh, I don't want to do that. Now, Tucker Davidson, Cole Raggins, and Luis Sessa. Now, for tomorrow, I want to, I, I think I'm going to be changing the tier slightly moving forward. I'm going to be more encouraging for the top three and then removing as many as I can from the do not start. I really want the do not start tier to be full on. I am not starting these guys and just don't do it. Uh, and I feel as if I've had two tiers inside do not start often where I'm just going to push guys up more. So that means Jacob deGrom, Carlos Rodon, Max Free, Corbin Burns, Dylan Seas, Justin Verlander, Robbie Ray, Tony Gonson, Pablo Lopez would all always be in the auto start tier anyway. And then Adam Wainwright would be like, yeah, probably in there, in the auto start tier. And then Corey Kluber would likely be in the probable start tier. But I'm putting him in the auto start tier because if you have him against the Angels, you're going to do it. Same with Adam Wainwright against the Cubs, right? Probable start tier is actually a situation of, think of questionable that is uh, likely going to do it. So Ranger Suarez hosting the Reds on the road? Yeah. I'm You're going to do that in Philly? Yes. You're going to do that with Ranger Suarez where he is right now. Mike Clevenger against Cleveland? It's more on the, if you have Clevenger, you're going to start him against the Guardians. And then you have Nick Lodolo at the Phillies, which is a cherry bomb situation, but he survived against them inside of Cincinnati. Going into the Phillies, I think it's more likely that he's good than bad. So yeah, okay, he's in the probable start tier. Questionable start is actually contentious, contentious, either the 50-50s or like maybe a little bit underneath it, but I'd still think about starting. That's why they're questionable. Uh, you have Aaron Savali and Ross Stripling against tough opponents, or maybe it's tough opponents, I don't know. Aaron Savali against the Padres, is that tough? I don't know. Uh, you have Ross Stripling um, at the Red Sox. Uh, he did well against the Orioles, 71 pitches. Maybe he does well again against the the Red Sox. I, I'm not totally sold on that one. Austin Voth and Jose Suarez are also backup streaming options. Voth has done well. He just did well against the Jays, but his stuff isn't that good. Uh, and I don't know if that's really going to work out well. Same with Jose Suarez against the Rays. You never really know what you're going to get from Jose Suarez. Jose Suarez and the ceiling is not capped. Or sorry, is capped pretty uh, pretty low there. Uh, Frankie Montes against the Mets. Do what you want here. This is a cherry bomb situation. Um, JT Brubaker against Atlanta. He did really well against the Red Sox. Is he going to repeat the same thing with the sinkers again? I don't know if I want to buy that. He's been like this all year. And then do not start here. Zach Logue is the only really considerable one against the Marlins, but he's just been so bad. And Matthew Liberatore, I liked what we saw before when he came back. He's in he's doing a doubleheader for the Cubs, um, or against the Cubs, rather, for the Cardinals. Like, we saw increased velocity, and you saw maybe a new slider, but just, I'm not taking a chance on this against the Cubs. And Zach Hill against the Jays, and Zach Davies against the Royals, and Drew Hutchison against the Giants. Like, these are all not good starts to make. Adrian Sanson and Caleb Killian both starting for the Cubs in that doubleheader against the Cardinals. Dane Dunning and Coors, no. Jonathan Heasley, never. Eric Fetty, never. Aaron Sanchez against the Astros, no. And Herman Marquez uh, inside of Coors against the Rangers, absolutely not. All right, looking forward to the list today, because that's what we do. It's Monday. I go through the list, and I say, all right, these guys are coming back. This is where they're going to be placed. So, for example, Eduardo Rodriguez is going to be around. I'm going to look at the list, and I'll tell you where it's going to be, but probably around like the 50s, 60s area, probably 60s, um, maybe even 70s. We'll see there. Anyone else I'm looking at uh, the injured tier? Oh, yeah, Max Free will be back inside the top 10, uh, top 20 because uh, he's back from concussion protocol, which is wonderful. Um, anyone else who is injured, I don't see anyone quickly. Wade Miley is back. Is he going to be back on the list? I don't quite know. Trevor Rogers should be at some point. 
yeah, we'll see. Uh, other guys that were not on the list that I will be considering for this week. I think Dean Kramer is going to be back in there as he increased his velocity last night against the Red Sox. It looked pretty good. Ross Stripling is certainly going to be back there, probably in the 70s or 80s. Probably in the 70s. Uh, we are going to maybe push up Daniel Lynch and Nick Pavetta again. We'll see as I keep up speaking, and I'm so sorry for doing that to you. Uh, 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 uh. David Peterson is absolutely going to be in the list as he should be starting for the Mets later this week. He's replacing Carlos Carrasco in the rotation. I actually really like that start against Rocky Road. It's not 100% confirmed that he is, but I think it's enough of a push that I feel it's important for you to get him now instead of waiting for confirmation later because that would be a very nice start, Rocky Road. I would have him in the probable start tier if he does make that start, so I'm going to put him on the list. Maybe that is breaking the rules. I don't care. It's my list. I'm doing what I want. Uh, Looking now at the actual list to see what changes I might make. Yeah, I'm not touching the top tier. I know Sandy Alcantara just messed up, but so did Zach Wheeler. Garrett Cole and Justin Verlin not doing that. Um, do I put anyone from Tier 2 into Tier 1? No, but I do put Brandon Woodruff and Julio Urias into Tier 2. Uh, and I leave Manoa. I'll leave the rest of these guys kind of where they are. Maybe I push up. I think I might push up Shane Bieber. But then again, the velocity was not 93 anymore. It was down to 91. It changed, so maybe not. Maybe I think I just leave the rest there. Uh, in tier four, uh, Chris Bassett has his ace is going to ace, I believe. Um, and he would go back into tier three. I, uh, otherwise, I probably need to give a drop to Reed Detmers a little bit because he just did not look good against the Tigers. Lancelin goes up. Um, Kyle Wright's velocity is back. So he goes back up the list, which is really nice. 94.5 as opposed to 92.5. Um, from tier five, I got to push up Charlie Morton and, and Tristan McKenzie. Um, Tyler Anderson is going to go up as well. Freddie Peralta stays where he is. Lance McCullough stays where he is. Frankie Montes, I think, falls further. Zach Gallen should go up a bit. Lucas Giolito falls further as well. Jordan Montgomery is going up to Tier 5, likely. Top of that. Uh, I know I made this massive Toby tier of stuff. I, I might be moving that around slightly. Like, Dustin May is going up from Tier 7 to Tier 5. Edward Cabrera might be moving up as well. I got to move Carlos Carrasco from this. I'm going to pull down Merrill Kelly a bit from it. Uh, but I got other guys that go over from Tier 7 into Tier 5 is the way I'm going to handle this. Are uh, Yeah, it's Dustin May. I think Edward Cabrera does too. Um, I mean, I will pull, be pulling Jordan Montgomery out of it and moving him farther up. Maybe Adam Wainwright as well. We'll see. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but no one else, I don't think, deserves that jump. It's just really Dustin May and Edward Cabrera from Tier 7. Looking at Tier 8, anything that is dramatic here? Nope. <laughs> I mean, I will be pushing up Jesus Lazardo because the changeup has been that good. He deserves that. Joe Ryan deserves a bit of a bump as well into Tier 7. Maybe Sonny Gray does too. Jose Urquidy actually belongs in Tier 6 now. Uh, you have Tier 9. Let's see... Justin Steele, Justin Steele, I have a new soundbar thing uh, for the stream, which is pretty cool. Soundboard, I should say, not soundbar. Uh, Michael Kopech, I think, does go up the tier. Braxton Garrett is removed. Patrick Sandoval just had an amazing start. He deserves it, too. I might just break up tier 9. We'll see. Uh, and maybe just combine that with tier 10 cherry bombs. As far as tier 10 goes, Michael Waka did jump up. And he might jump a little bit more. Same with Corey Kluber. Jameson Tyone, Noah Syndergaard, I think, do stay. Same with Cole Irvin. 
Uh, as far as the other ones in this tier, maybe Jose Brios goes up. Maybe I'll just make tier 9 the, that Cherry Bomb one, so Jose Brios goes there, but Josiah Gray, Alex Wood, and Eric Lauer don't. We'll see what I do there. Um, in tier 11, Drew Smiley, mm, I don't know if I really want to push him up too much farther or further. Um, and then tier 12, uh, nothing too interesting here. We're taking out Tyler Beatty and Tugi Dusant. Uh, JP Sears, I guess, sticks around. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that one, uh, later today. As far as where does Eduardo Rodriguez go? I think he'll go in tier 10 with Tyone and Noah Syndergaard, which is around 75, it seems like. But alright, that is it for today. Uh, enjoy the stream at 1 o'clock as I do the list. Make sure you're checking that out on twitch.tv slash pitchlist. But that's it for today. So, my name is Nick Pollock. Give me your babas below and your strikeouts high.